Good day, good people. I'm always excited to share with you guys. Uh, definitely excited about the opportunity to break into the Word. Uh, podcast with Pastor Tim is here to share with you more about uh, being undefeated. We've been dealing from Chronicles, uh, Second Chronicles, um, chapters 17, 18, 19, 20. Uh, we've covered a few chapters already, but we just want to keep going with our thoughts and uh, really just share more about like this concept of being undefeated and pursuing God. So Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, has been our example. He's been really the uh, focal point of our studies for the past couple weeks, and we want to continue there. Uh, we were talking last week and we were sharing a little bit about like much of your success has much to do with your ability to be consistent. Uh, we'll talk more about that uh, next week. But really want to just kind of look at this thing that Jehoshaphat does as he builds this alliance with uh, King Ahab of Israel. And it really had me puzzled, of course. I talked about how puzzled I was last week. But this notion where we have this success with God, we've been established by God, God tells us who we are. Uh, sometimes what happens is we begin to fill ourselves or we begin to think more highly of ourselves than we should. And subsequently, we make decisions that don't lead us to our places of victory. So I think one of the things that we have to be very mindful of is uh, what steps will we take to maintain our consistency? But more importantly, what steps will we take to maintain our victory? So uh, I think that friendships matter a lot, right? Uh, connections are big. Uh, relationship matters. And so when you think about that concept, I ask this question, uh, what decisions do you make out of relationship, uh, good or bad? What will you choose to do based on relationship when your girlfriends call you or your homies call you or your friends call you or your brother calls you or your sister gives you a call and says, hey, let's do this or let's go here or uh, let's pursue and conquer Ramoth Gilead as Jehoshaphat builds this alliance with King Ahab. King Ahab reaches out to him and says, hey, man, I want to take over this area, this territory. Will you go with me? And relationship, the relationship that Jehoshaphat has with King Ahab that we read here in chapter 18, relationship yielded this response of yes. He says to him, yeah, I'll go. I'll do. I'll, I'll, I'll use my troops. My army is your army. My horses, my chariots. What's mine is yours. And it reminds me so uh, vividly of the relationships that we maintain in our personal lives where when someone reaches out, we say yes without knowing whether or not we should actually go forward. So Jehoshaphat and King uh, uh, Ahab have a conversation. Uh, chapter 18, um, Ahab says in verse 3, Jehoshaphat, to, he says, Ahab, king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, will you go with me to Ramoth Gilead? He answered him, I am as you are, my people as your people. We will be with you in war. And he begins to uh, share with him his willingness to pursue Ramoth Gilead in battle 
and we already kind of talked about, and maybe I have to get some more light as, as to who King Ahab actually was. King Ahab is married to Jezebel. He, he, he's married to Jezebel. He's known as a wicked king. Jehoshaphat connects himself to this guy and his practices are absolutely contrary to the things that, Jeho- that, that Jehoshaphat stands for. Jehoshaphat stands for righteousness. He's committed to God. He loves God and he builds an alliance. He has a friendship. He becomes uh, close with someone who doesn't believe or serve God the same way he does. And the relationship brings upon this level of compromise, if you will, or it puts him in in risk and puts him at danger, uh, a danger that he does not normally have to experience because um, this relationship that that Ahab has with God is contrary to the relationship that Jehoshaphat has with God. And subsequently, the two become friends. And my question is. How do the two walk together unless they agree? What is it that they've decided to agree upon? Beyond deciding to go into battle together, there's a reason that this relationship exists. And maybe it's because they think that they're on the same level and, and they believe that they're both kings and uh, they both have wealth and they both have command and they both have people that serve under them. And so that level gives them uh, this, this, this idea that they're on the same page. And so Jehoshaphat connects with Ahab. Ahab asks him to go into war with him. And Jehoshaphat responds with a yes. But I challenge you the same way I would challenge Jehoshaphat if I were having a conversation with him. I would say, hey, is this in your best interest? Is this really the relationship that you should have? Like this dude doesn't. He don't serve God. He's not committed. He's not connected like you are. So so is this an opportunity for you to be influential in his life or will his influence take precedence and 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 change the nature and the narrative of your story? So he says, yeah, let's go out. You know, my people are your people. Let's let's go to battle. Uh, Why, of course, you and I are as one and my troops are your troops. We will certainly join you in battle. This is the New Living Translation. Then Jehoshaphat added. Thankfully, he added, but first let us find out what the Lord says. So the king of Israel summoned the prophets, 400 of them, and asked them, should we go to war against Ramoth Gilead or should I hold back? They all replied, yes, go right ahead. God will give the king victory. There's no specification as it pertains to the king, but but we know that they're talking to King Ahab, right? But Jehoshaphat asks, and I love this, Jehoshaphat asks, Is there not also a prophet of the Lord here? We should ask him the same question. So so there's this notion that King Ahab's talking to these prophets that are not the prophets of the Lord. And so how often uh, do we find ourselves coming in contact with people who want to release a prophetic word to us and their prophetic word is not rooted or grounded in the word of God? And so you have to know with all certainty that when people are releasing words over your life, that it is a word that is truly from God. And so they summon the prophet of the Lord and the prophet of the Lord. And I'll kind of go forward so I don't hold you guys up. But the prophet of the Lord comes and as the prophet of the Lord is coming, it is uh, Micaiah and Micaiah is coming. and, And King Ahab says, 
I don't like this guy. I don't like this guy because every time he speaks a prophetic word over me, his prophetic word brings harm and danger in my life. And he, he I, I think he says, uh, I think his wording is basically, I hate this guy. And Jehoshaphat says to him, that's not how a king should speak. Jehoshaphat says to King Ahab, kings don't speak the way you're speaking right now. And so even though Jehoshaphat recognizes that even this guy's language isn't what it should be, even after realizing that the prophets that he summoned are not prophets of the Lord, he's still willing to stay in this relationship with him that will bring him danger. I call it a dangerous relationship. And some of the relationships that we have with people are dangerous relationships. So they have this conversation. The prophets come. The 400 prophets lie. Right. The 400 prophets lie about the victory that they'll have in battle. God then uses Micaiah to release this word. Micaiah releases a word and says to him that you basically aren't going to have any victory, that the Lord has placed a lying spirit in the mouth of your prophets and they've prophesied a lie and that I see your people scattered about after the king basically dies. And even after the word comes from the Lord through the mouth of Micaiah, they're still willing to go into battle knowing that danger is pending. And far too often, the people of God are willing to place themselves in a very compromised scenario, knowing that the outcome could be very detrimental. It puts everything that you've been building with God on the line. All the sacrificing that you've done, all the work that you've done, all of the influence that you've had, all of the time that you've spent. You're willing to compromise it simply based off one relationship. And I simply want to submit to you that that relationship that you maintain with your friend cannot be greater than the relationship that you maintain with God. For your relationship with God has to be the most important relationship that you forge in your life. It has to be the greatest alliance. It, it, it has to be the relationship that matters most to you. And just like you don't want to let your natural friends down, you can't be willing to let God down either. And so for whatever reason, Jehoshaphat has allowed himself to become connected to King Ahab. And in this connection, they are willing to go into battle. And it's a battle that puts them in a dangerous place. And this dangerous place that they exist in now is going to require the covering of God. So going along, Micaiah uh, prophesies against Ahab. Verse nine, King Ahab of Israel and King Jehoshaphat of Judah dressed in their royal robes were sitting on the thrones at the threshing floor near the gate of Samaria. All of Ahab's prophets were prophesying in front of them. One of them, Zedekiah, son of Kenina, made some iron horns and proclaimed, this is what the Lord says. With these horns, you will gore the Armenians to death. All of the other prophets agreed. Yes, they said, go up to Ramoth Gilead and be victorious for the Lord will give the king victory. Meanwhile, the messenger who went to get Micaiah said to him, look, all of the prophets are prophesying victory for the king. Be sure that you agree with them and promise success. 
But Micaiah replied, as surely, and I love this, as surely as the Lord lives, I will say only what my God says. And we have to have a willingness and a boldness, just like Micaiah, uh, to, to say only what God says. I know that it's popular to give people compliments and and oftentimes we seek the approval and the word of affirmation from those that we know will tell us what we want to hear. But I say that that's dangerous territory to only go to places where people tell you what you want to hear. You have to get in front of people who will give you the truth no matter what. Truth over lies. And I say Micaiah, but it may very well be pronounced Micaiah, uh, replied sarcastically. Yes, go up and be victorious for you will have victory over them. But the king replied sharply. How many times must I demand you speak only the truth to me when you speak of for the Lord? Then Micaiah told him in a vision, I saw all of Israel scattered on the mountains like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, their master has been killed. Then send them home in peace. Didn't I tell you the king of Israel exclaimed to Jehoshaphat? He never prophesies anything but trouble for me. Then Micaiah continued, listen to what the Lord says. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne with all the armies of heaven around him on his right and on his left. And the Lord said, who can entice King Ahab of Israel to go into battle against Ramoth Gilead so that he can be killed? There were many suggestions. And finally, a spirit approached the Lord and said, I can do it. How will you do this? The Lord asked. And the spirit replied, I will go and inspire all the all of Ahab's prophets to speak lies. You will succeed, said the Lord. Go ahead and do it. See, when we want to hear a certain word that is detrimental to us, you can find the right person to tell you all the stuff that you don't need to hear. You'll, you'll find people that will lie to you simply to get to, to, to leave you in a space outside of God's will. See, what happened with Ahab, Ahab had not been serving God. Ahab is king over God's people. He's king over Israel. And, and he's leading these people into a place of destruction. He has been given to paganistic practices. He has been doing things that are not pleasing to God. And he's put the people of God at risk. And God has become t- all too tired of the, 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 the actions of Ahab. So the demise of Ahab is soonly approaching. And because of the arrogance of Ahab, because of his desire to go into battle, because of his want to take over Ramoth Gilead, God knows that the best way to make that happen is to allow the prophets to confirm what he wanted to hear. And after they said what he wanted to hear, they go into battle. Even though, even though the prophet of the Lord came and gave them revelation, came, gave them truth, they were still willing to go into battle. It, it becomes this fork in the road type of decision for people of God. You can have 400 reasons to put yourself in danger. You only need one reason to trust God. 
So, of course, the king's upset. He's not happy with what he's hearing. Um, uh, it says, uh, 23, then Zedekiah, son of Kaniah, walked up to Micaiah, slapped him across his face. Since when did the spirit of the Lord leave me to speak to you? He demanded. And Micaiah replied, you will find out soon enough when you were trying to hide in some secret room. Arrest him, the king of Israel ordered. Take him back to Ammon, the governor of the city, to my son, Joash. Give them the order from the king. Put this man in prison and feed him nothing but bread and water until I return safely from battle. But Micaiah replied, if you return safely, it will mean that the Lord has not spoken through me. Then he added to those standing around, everyone, mark my words. So the king of Israel, King Ahab and King Jehoshaphat of Judah led their armies against Ramoth Gilead. The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, as we go into battle, I, I will disguise myself so no one will recognize me, but you wear your royal robes. So the king of Israel disguised himself and they went into battle. Meanwhile, the king of Aram had issued these orders to his chariot commanders, attack only the king of Israel. Don't bother with anyone else. So they go into battle. The king of Israel disguises himself, but he insists that King Jehoshaphat dress in his royal robe. They go into battle in his royal robe. Everyone knows that he's the king. Everyone knows that he's the lead. Everyone knows that he is now exposed. And while King Jehoshaphat is exposed, the king of Israel has disguised himself so he's not recognized in battle. And now the men that are in battle have declared that the only person that we're looking for, the only person that we want to take out is the king. And we can only identify one king. And this is why I say this relationship that Jehoshaphat has is such a dangerous one because he's willing to compromise his walk. He's willing to compromise his standard. He's willing to connect himself with someone who doesn't look like God, so to speak. And in this relationship, he's now at war. That's 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 not even a war that's his own. He's willing to go and fight a battle that's not his. He's willing to put himself in harm's way simply based on the relationship from this alliance that he's made with King Ahab. But now he's out on the battleground and he's vulnerable as king. So when the Armenian chariot commander saw Jehoshaphat in his royal robes, they went after him. There is the king of Israel. They were confused. They thought he was the king of Israel. They shouted. But Jehoshaphat called out and the Lord saved him. Here's another victory that Jehoshaphat has. Here's another opportunity to show how God will cause you to be undefeated. Even though Jehoshaphat has made some mistakes. Even though Jehoshaphat has deviated from the plan, so to speak, as he cries out to God, God is faithful in his relationship with Jehoshaphat.
that he's willing to save him. He, he cries out, O oh Lord, and the Lord saved him. God helped him by turning the attackers away from him. As soon as the chariot commanders realized that he was not the king of Israel, they stopped chasing him. However, one of the soldiers randomly shot an arrow at the Israelite troops and hit the king of Israel between the joints of his armor. Turn the horses and get me out of here. Ahab groaned to the driver of the chariot. I am badly wounded. The battle raged all that day and the king of Israel propped himself up in his chariot facing the Armenians. In the evening, just as the sun was setting, he died. God's word is true. The Bible says all of heaven and earth would pass away if one jot or tittle of his word would return unto him void. This word is released that King Ahab will not have success in battle. The word is released that he will not have success in battle. And even though he tries to disguise himself, even though he tries to hide himself, he's not able to hide from God's word. So they go to war. They're in battle. Jehoshaphat has put himself in danger. But even though he's in danger, he's wise enough to recognize that if he calls out to God, God is faithful to cover him, to save him, to rescue him, to allow him to still have victory. As we spoke about it before, and I'll share this again, the victories that you have in your life are bigger than you individually. The victories that you have in your life bring honor and glory back to the Father. It brings honor and glory back to the Father. When, when, when people see you win in God, when people are able to hear your story and you're able to talk about how God brought you through, how you were an overcomer, how you were more than a conqueror, how you've had victory, you are always going to be able to share that God did that for you. It was not out of any of the might that you had within you. It was not because of how uh, intellectually sound you were. It's not simply because of uh, your witty ideas or uh, great strategies. Uh, it's because of God. If you had a great strategy, it's because of God. If you had a witty idea, it's because of God. And, and through those things, through that, through that revelation... You're able to find your places of victory. One of the things that I think that Jehoshaphat has to do is he has to go back and, and reconcile with himself as to why he was willing to put so much on the line for this relationship. I would simply say this, that you can't place a God. Uh, uh, you can replace your relationship. You can't. You cannot replace your relationship with God with anyone else. One of the things that I noticed as I read through the text in this chapter is we heard more about the relationship that he had with the king of Israel and we heard less about what he was doing with God. In the previous chapters, he spent his time in the Lord. 
He spent his time doing the work of the Lord. He spent his time doing what he heard God say do. And then he became highly esteemed and rich and built an alliance with someone else who was like him. That alliance got in the way of his relationship with God. So if you got a relationship that doesn't strengthen the relationship that you have with God, you should question it. If you're building relationships with people who uh, begin to show you who they are and as you begin to see who they are and they don't look like the God that you serve, you got to question that stuff. You've got to keep these things in perspective because iron sharpens iron. But if I connect myself with someone who's not iron, who's not sharpening me, the only thing that I'm going to become is dull. I'm going to become worn out. I'm not going to be able to chop away at the, the things that are thrown at me the same way I was before. I need to have relationships that strengthen me. I got to have relationships with, with people that make me better in God, that, that, that won't compromise my walk, but will make my walk better. And so this isn't to say don't have friends. This is not to suggest that you shouldn't have relationships. This is simply to suggest that how can two walk together unless they agree? I have to be equally yoked with the people that I walk with because I'm bound and connected with them. And so my success is predicated on the relationships that I have. I don't want to become compromised. I want to stand strong and be firm in what God called me to do. So I'm just excited about uh, really understanding how I maintain my victory. Relationship matters. Keep your eyes open, guys. P pay attention to um, the place that God has you in. And look for the opportunity to stay victorious. We talked last week and we were talking about your conditioning and your training. And if it changes so do you gave an analogy about the boxer and how he's in the ring and he's fighting and he's able to maintain if he had maintained a consistent practice. But even that same boxer has to make sure that he has the right people around him to train him, that he can have people, a part of his staff that will allow him to become laxed and lazy in his process. Relationship matters. When you look for your victory, look at the relationships that you have around you and ask yourself, who are the people in your circle? Are these people that are making you better? Are these people that are making you stronger? Are they challenging you in your study time? Are they praying with you? Are they praying for you? Or are they trying to lead you to take on battles that are not yours and they put you at risk and in danger? So just be encouraged. Uh, be excited about God. Be excited about your victory. I look forward to talking with you guys, uh, sharing more. Uh, I'm going to share more about Jehoshaphat next week. Uh, we'll be looking at, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about 19, and then I'm going to jump to 20. Uh, 19 has some dialogue that I think is really good for us, uh, but then we want to transition and we want to try our best to uh, wrap up uh, and kind of stay on this course of like four-week series. Uh, so that's what I'm excited about. Look forward to talking with you guys soon. Uh, signing off until next time. 
Once again, Pastor Tim, True Life Church, podcast with Pastor Tim. Take good care.